made it through the storm this morning to be here in person. All of you who are watching online, taking advantage of that, thank you for doing that. So glad that you could join us as well. Again, I say this a lot, you could be doing anything uh, and you're choosing to join us live. I'm so glad that you're doing this. We're so grateful to be with you as well. Uh, and I wanna welcome you uh, to the last week. We are wrapping up this great series we've been in, uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. Uh, but before we get there, I just wanna talk about a few things coming up, a few things that we uh, already mentioned in ATR with a few services coming up as we are preparing for Easter, Holy Week coming, and, and all of that. So just wanna put a few things out here really quick just to uh, let you know one more time. I'm really excited about Good Friday service. We're gonna be in here, in person, uh, Friday night, seven o'clock. I hope you can make it. Uh, and here's what I'm really looking forward to. This is gonna be the first time that we're gonna do in-person communion. We haven't done in-person communion since the pandemic. We've been doing virtual communion, but this is the first time we're doing it. We got the little container thing, so don't worry. We got you, we got you covered. Uh, so we're gonna do that. I'm really looking forward Forward to that night. We're going to worship. It's, it's you know, just as we uh, reflect and, and, and prepare for Easter Sunday, I hope you can make it. And if you can't, go watch it online. Get, and I'm just going to tell you, if you're doing that, get, get, a, get some crackers and juice ready. D don't worry about it not being blessed. Here, it's blessed, all right? Now go get it and get it and get ready. But really, if you're watching online, get that ready for us to take communion with us. And I'm really excited about Easter in the park. Sunday morning, 11 o'clock. Okay, I just wanna talk about a few things really quick about Easter services to get you ready. For number one, I want you to remember that as you get there at 10.30 in the morning, uh, that, that we're gonna be in the lower, lower pavilion, all the way in the back of the park. And so if you want some assistance on that, we're gonna have a map available to you. If you get on riverridge.tv, you can find a map to navigate around wherever you're gonna be. And also as you uh, drive up there around 10.30 in the morning, just to remind you to bring chairs and blankets, all right? This is BYOB. Bring your own blanket, all right? Um, so bring your own blanket chairs. We're gonna have that for you. Make sure you do that. Uh, bring that stuff. Uh, and then also, uh, when you get there at 10.30, that we're gonna have a turnaround for you uh, all the way at the end for a few reasons. Uh, we're gonna have some, uh, some spots for people who need assistance. We're gonna have designated spots for you. So if you have trouble walking, we don't want you parking all the way at the end of the park. We're gonna park everywhere in that park. So we're gonna have some designated spots for those of you who need assistance. But we're also gonna have a turnaround for you if you wanna drop your chairs off or drop a few people off so that you can go park at 1030, okay? And then also, uh, I also want to make one more reminder is that don't forget to invite somebody, okay? Hopefully you did. It's, again, I think it's the easiest invite that we're going to have all year. Uh, it's going to be great. And if you haven't grabbed that invitation postcard, go ahead and grab that out there right now. And then just one more thing, uh, 1030. I want to put that in your brains right now, okay? 1030 River Ridgers. Uh, here's, I just put that in your mind. Some of you need to put 10 o'clock in your mind, all right? I want you to be ready. Uh, it's showing up there at 10.50, you're not gonna get there in time for this to start. So just get 10.30 there and get there and, and give yourself some time to get your chairs out and get to yourself. This is gonna be a great time. I, I, I can't wait. Uh, what I'm looking forward to the most is we're gonna be out there publicly worshiping and celebrating uh, that Jesus is alive. He is risen. He is risen indeed, everybody. Amen. I'm so excited to do that in our community. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Great, great service. So I hope you make it. All right, let's get to it. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those and go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, so like I said, we are wrapping up uh, this series that we've been in about the Holy Spirit. Uh, we've been in this series for this is the fourth week now. And if you've missed your new, I'm gonna get you caught up really quick. So we started this whole thing out in week one by just doing an introduction, talking about here's who he is and here's what he does. Because a lot of us, if we're honest, even Christians, we're still a little confused about the Holy Spirit and who he is uh, and what he does. And we're probably marked more by what we don't 
know than what we do know. So we did that. And then, then we spent the next two weeks, uh, week two and three, just talking about how we invite the Holy Spirit in to our lives, that believers in Christ have the Holy Spirit, uh, but we, there are some things that we could do to allow him to lead us more. And, and then we also talked about what it looks like to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that there are tangible steps uh, for those things to happen in our lives, okay? And so today, uh, we're gonna wrap up the series by looking at one more role that the Holy Spirit plays, and it's in the area of spiritual gifts. We're gonna talk about spiritual gifts to wrap up this series. He has a significant role in our lives with that. Now, before we get that, I wanna know something. I want you to have a little bit of audience participation in that. Now, growing up, or maybe even this year, maybe for some of you, I wanna know, show your hands, are any of you, when it comes to Christmas time, sneak peekers, where you're really, like you're gonna find those presents, even as a kid, were you always hunting around, yeah, were you hunting around looking for the presents, and now, we're, now, now go ahead, now are some of you, were some of you like real sneaky, and the presents are already wrapped, did you like open up the corner, who did that, open up the corner, and then you, yeah, yeah, a bunch of you committed that, and then you just kinda of put it in an angle so your folks wouldn't know that you actually did it, you know, so I'm gonna go ahead and admit, uh, there was one Christmas, time my brother and I we found all of we found the whole kit and caboodle that my mom she didn't wrap any of it mom I know you're watching right now and I'm so sorry I did this I've never confessed this to you I feel awful right now I didn't know that I feel really bad we found them all and I felt I rallied real quick I'm just but I mean I felt just terrible fighting those but but that's where I was mom they only happened once I promise okay any that I remember but I I couldn't wait I had to know what they were and I had to open them up as fast as I could that's probably most of us but I had a friend his name was Shane and he was not like that he was actually really it was just so different so he and I when we were growing up pretty much all of us in the 80s we collected uh, uh, sports cars baseball cars football cars we did that and for me there was nothing like going to the the store and buying a pack of cards for 50 cents right you buy it and, and what was better was, wasn't buying it, was actually opening it up and to see what you got to fill up your set and all that stuff. But here's what my friend Shane would do. He would actually buy two packs and he would open one and then he would save an unopened pack and he would put it in his closet and he would never open it again because I guess he saw eBay before any of us did, all right? He's, he's, standing, he's sitting on a mountain of money right now. But I, for me, that was insane. It, was, it drove me nuts. I couldn't stand it that he would do that. I would try to spend the night at his house just to sneak this packs and open them up. Because here's what I was convinced of. I knew he had the best cards and we would never know. And so I had to end the friendship. I'm gonna be honest with you right now. I had to end, I would just, that, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I'm sure he's in his fancy mansion now because he, he sold all those unopened packs. But here, here's where we're gonna go today. Here's where we're gonna go today. There, this is premise is a little true about us today with the Holy Spirit and how we have these spiritual gifts. See, there are spiritual gifts that God has for believers in Jesus Christ. There are spiritual gifts, but here's the reality. Just like what we've been talking about over this whole series, the reality is, is that there's a lot of confusion uh, about what a spiritual gift really is. There's a lot of confusion about those, and then also how it works. And so as a result of that, there are a lot of believers in Jesus who actually have their spiritual gifts just unopened, just sitting there like a gift, just not open, never experiencing the gift that is given to you by God. And so this is where we're going. This is where Paul is actually going, the writer Paul, uh, and he's writing to this church in Corinth, and he's kind of starting out by talking a little bit about that. So if you want to go with me, hopefully you're there in verse one, we're going to read this a little bit, and here's what he says. He says, now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. And so he's saying, hey man, when it comes to the gifts of the spirit, man, I don't want you to be in the dark. 
Like, I don't, I don't want you to be confused at all about these. Now, he was saying this for a few reasons. We're gonna see this here in, in a minute. Uh, we're not gonna get all the way into it, but he was actually talking about what was going on in the church there. And here's what was going on in the church in Corinth at that time, is, is they were actually aware of the spiritual gifts. They saw a lot of these gifts happening and going on, and so they were very aware of them. But what was going on is they were actually putting specific weight on a few of the spiritual gifts. And, and, and what was actually dropping out was that you kind of became a second-tier citizen in the Christian church if you didn't have one of these gifts going on or, or one of those gifts going on. And so they were actually creating divisions in the church uh, based on certain gifts. Uh, and a lot of scholars actually believe uh, that it was one specific gift which was speaking in tongues. And uh, really that still kind of is where we are today. We're still a little messed up on that one as the church as a whole uh, today. It's true that, there, that of all the gifts, the one that still creates a lot of confusion and a lot of division uh, within the church is that one, speaking in tongues. And last week, Chad talked about that a little bit. Uh, so speaking in tongues is one of what we call the sign gifts. Uh, and he kind of talked about where we land with that, the confusion that happens with those. And uh, what, the, what speaking in tongues is, is really two things. Paul describes it pretty well. It's either speaking in other languages, like you see in the book of Acts, they speak spoken languages languages that they knew, but they didn't know they could do it. And then there's also, Paul talks about speaking tongues in a way where it's an utterance. It's an utterance that comes out that, that it's not another language, but that is interpreted, is interpreted correctly uh, and used by God in that way. And you can read a little bit more about that. We're not going to get into it. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, if you want to see how it works, how God uh, you know, directs that and all that stuff, we're not going to get into that today because really that's one of the sign gifts. That's one of the 20 some gifts that are available. And, and here's the point. Here's what's important about what Paul is starting out with here with us and what Paul is going to say to us is that there is no gift that is set apart from any other ones not one that they're all equal in the use and purpose uh, of what God wants to do there's no gift that is more special than any other one so it's whether speaking in tongues or administration or helps or teaching all of them work exactly within the boundaries and and the purposes of every other gift so it's not any better so so Paul's like hey I want to set the record straight here uh, with them and with us he's like I want to set the record, record straight with you not just with this one gift but with all the gifts that the spirit has for us and so we're going to keep reading so we're going to drop down in verse 4 uh, and this is where he's going to go with it here's what he says he says, now, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distribute them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And so here's where we're going to go today as we wrap up the series on the Holy Spirit's role with us in spiritual gifts. Here's what I want to do. I want to talk a little bit about the, the spiritual gifts from Paul's uh, writing. I want to look at this and see what he has to say so we can better understand them. And then I want to talk about how do we go after these? How do we really go after the gifts that, that we have through the power of the Holy Spirit in us? And so Paul's going to tell us a few things here about the gifts. So if you're taking notes, I hope you do, or you grab your uh, you know, pencils and pens and, and, or phones or whatever, you want to take the notes. We're just going to look at a few things that better understand the spiritual gifts. And here's the first thing that we need to know about the spiritual gifts. It's this. It's that every believer has a gift. Every believer has at least one Gift. Notice here in verse 7 where he says, now to each one. And so who Paul is talking to is he is specifically talking to believers in Jesus Christ. Uh, the, the, there is a distinction between uh, those of us who are believers in Christ and those who are not. If you're not, you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, and so you don't have a gift. But for every single believer, every follower of Christ, you have a gift. You have a specific, unique thing. So I want to define it really quick if you want to write that. I don't think I have it in the notes, but here's what a spiritual gift is. 
is the best as I could put it. I don't, you know, a spiritual gift is a God-given ability. It's not a natural ability. It's a God-given ability that he gives every believer to use for his purposes. So it's God-given that he gives to you that he wants to use for his purposes. Okay, now, why this is a bedrock message, this is a bedrock message for the church as a whole, and also, talking about spiritual gifts, why this is such a bedrock message for us as River is Church is this, it's, it's because of this. Listen, you gotta hear me out on this. It takes every single one of us, like not just a few of us, not like a team of people running this church, it takes every single believer in Jesus Christ to actually accomplish what we need to do on this earth. It takes all of us understanding and, and getting into the gifts and knowing what they are and using them and deploying them and, and working those out because here's what I want you to know about me. It shouldn't be a shocker to you. Um, I'm not that great at a lot of spiritual things, okay? I'm sorry, I hope you don't want to quit the church, all right? Like I'm really, in fact, I'm really bad at a few, okay? Some of the staff really knows that very well, okay? Um, and so, but, but what you need to know, and, and again, I want you to really know this, uh, in case you didn't, I, I'm not special. I know, I know, I'm not that special. I'm, I'm just like you, I'm, I really am. I'm just like you, I am just, an, I'm really an ordinary follower of Jesus and, and who happens just to be using the gift that he's been given in this season of life that I have, and that's what I do. And here's what I need you to know. You're just like me. You have a gift, and I need it. We need it. We need to see it working and, and doing the things that we know can do it. So, it's, so we need you to find it. We need you to do it. Uh, and I just think that's awesome to think about because it takes all of us together to accomplish the things that we know can get done on this earth. So that's the first one, that all of us have at least one, maybe even more. Here's the second thing you need to know is that they are not for my benefit. They're not for my benefit. Look what he says here, just so we know where it is in verse seven again. He says, listen, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. What we need to understand, this is something that we really need to wrap our minds around. It's gonna help us with a perspective uh, that might get us to really go after these more. It's, actually, the spiritual gift that God gives you isn't even about you at all. It's really crazy. It's not even about you. Uh, the point is that, that, that it's actually for the common good. That's what Paul says. So it's for something greater. It's for the greater good of the church. Your spiritual gift, your spiritual be, gift being known and being used actually is to be a blessing to other people. I think, uh, actually think one of the major problems that was going on in the church in Corinth was that they were focusing on the gifts being about them and actually not for the common good. And here's what it was driving them and actually us today still too is that it was they were making the gifts about them and not the benefit of the church. So they were actually wanting to get the cool gifts. Like, right, they're like, I want the cool gifts uh, in, in their eyes. And then if they didn't, they felt second tier. So they'd be like, oh man, like you got prophecy? That's so cool, man, that's so cool. Like, they're like, what'd you get? Administration, oh, it's lame. And it's like, and they're like, well, maybe you could put in for another one. That's what was going on. They're like, maybe just pray for something better. And, and, and so this is what was happening in the church. Listen, you are given a supernatural ability by God to help someone else, to bring someone to a knowing faith in Jesus Christ, to bless a family, to encourage others, to spur someone on, to strengthen someone else. That's what God wants to do through you. It's really neat. So it's really not even for my benefit. It's for the blessing, for the common good of the church. So we're gonna keep reading here. So those are the two things that we need to know. We're gonna keep reading. And so Paul's gonna get in to some specific things here uh, in verse eight. Here's what he says. He says, to one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. 
to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So here's the third thing that we need to know about these spiritual gifts, which he just said, is this, is that no one gets them all. No one gets them all. So not everyone has them all. And here's why, this is really, really interesting as I study this and thought through this as, as we go through the church. Uh, so Paul was trying to help the church understand actually one of the primary designs of God with human beings. And one of the primary designs of the church, and here it is. See, the goal of the church, and actually the goal of River Ridge Church, by the way, uh, is to, for us to understand to get away from self-sufficiency. That's one of our goals here in the church, that as we follow Jesus, that we should be able to see that we need to get further and further away from self-sufficiency and understand that we need each other in order to flourish in us following Jesus in our lives. And I'm telling you right now, what I just said, so there's more of you right now fighting against that idea than you think. There are way more of you fighting against getting away from self-sufficient. We, we always want to, I mean, I'll fend for myself. I'm going to do it myself. I can just me and God, man, me and God in the world. And I'm telling you, that's not how God designed you. That is not how he designed human beings, everybody. That's just not what he did. And it's why I believe God does what he does. Listen to me with the spiritual gifts. I just kind of had this really neat thing when I started saying, I'm like, that's why he did it. Because here's what you see. Here's what you see in the church. So, so to one person, he kind of gives this unique ability, but not the other. And it's like, wait, that was really good. He's like, yeah, I know, I'm doing it for a reason. And so then over here, he, he kind of gives someone else something else, and then he communicates a spiritual ability uh, to him, and then that one to her, and he does it. So A, we won't get self-absorbed, because if we get all the gifts going on in our lives, then we're gonna become prideful, we're gonna be self-absorbed, and, and that's not who he wants us to be. So that's what, one reason why I believe he does it, and B, so that we come to realize, and I hope you do, that we need each other that we need each other to fill in the gaps of the deficiencies in our life in order to be healthy and flourish in our lives. I, I, think, I think there are a lot of people that don't get church right. I, I think there are people, and the world kind of says that all church is just this, this other self-help thing or, or it's a kind of a self-help and you can do it. It's not self-help, you can do it. It's you can't do it and Jesus saves. That's what church is about, everybody. And we need each other. It's not self-help at all. We need each other in order to get closer and closer to Jesus in our lives. We need each other. It's not even close to self-help, everybody. It's so different, so different than that. So, so, and it's one, of our, it's one of our core values. You cannot do life alone. You, you listen to me, look at me. You can't do your marriage alone. Some of you are trying, and you know that. You can't do it alone. You can't, you can't do this stuff alone. God made you to need people to fill in the gaps, and it comes from this. It comes from, I just think, so no one gets all the gifts. I remember uh, when I discovered this for the first time in my life, it was actually when I was in college that, that you don't get all the gifts. Uh, so I, when I got into college, I, I ended up doing Young Life, a ministry. And Young Life, if you don't know it, uh, it's a ministry that goes after kids, middle school and high school kids with the gospel. It's a relational ministry. So when I became a Christian, I was in high school. I had no Christian friends, and I went into Young Life, and Young Life really helped me so much. I loved it. It was great. And so I thought, well, I got into college, so I would naturally become a Young Life leader, right? As college, I would do that. And so one of the things that you did as a Young Life leader in college is that you would do something called contact work, which was you would go into the high schools and you would go where they are, you'd go at lunch or whatever, and you would just hang out with kids. That's it. That's, that's what you would do, okay? But it literally put me in the fetal position just thinking about that, everybody. Like, I would get sick. I'd be like, go hang out with kids. Like, I would just be like... I don't know what it was. And it, it honestly, it got me so frustrated because I, I could not get past that anxious feeling. I'm like, they're just high school kids. They're not that bad. 
some of them. They're not that bad, you know what I mean? Like, and here's the truth, like being a college kid, high school kids love, I mean, they just love college kids. And so it wasn't even the problem when I would get there, they'd be like, oh, Andy. But I, would under, I was trying to figure out like, how is everybody else getting past this? Because I really was in the fetal, I'm, not, I'm being literal, I was in the fetal position a couple times. And I found out, this is what I found out, that I'm just not gifted in doing that. And some of these folks, they were totally really good at doing that, being around people. And I just, I found that out. And, and it was actually caused me to doubt a lot of my faith when I was going through that. And then I, I kind of learned that the hard way that not all of us have the same gifts. We don't all get up. Like me, me preaching, not terrifying. Like go figure, right? Like isn't that strange? It's just, it's not terrifying at all. Actually, I was, uh, I was watching a show the other day and they were talking about the top two fears for people was public speaking and death in that order all right so it means that some people would rather die than do what i'm doing up here okay like but but you know what i'm saying so so but it's a gift it's spiritually i feel the lord working in me in other like he does not work through me uh, other than what i'm doing up here how does public speak like i'm telling you it's just him working when i do this so for some of you this would absolutely be the worst but but here's the thing no one gets them all we got to be okay with that man actually that should help us a whole lot okay and so so then paul what he does here is he gives us this list right he gives us a list of, of all these things and then actually here's what i want to talk about real quick i'm going to give you the list you can go ahead and put them up there so he gives us just a short list in what we read and in fact in the bible you could find about six lists of spiritual gifts in the bible so there's three, three I believe in First Corinthians. There's one in Ephesians. There's one in uh, Romans, and then there's one in First um, Peter. First Peter is one of First Peter. So, so here's what I want to say: of all the lists, though, if you start studying these lists, none of them are the same. I want you to understand that. None of them are the same. And they got distributed to different people in different churches. Now, some of the lists have similarities, but what you'll find is there are about 23 specific spiritual gifts that we will see in the Bible. And here's what I want to let you know. No list has them all. So as you're looking at this, I, want, I just want to show them up to you. I'm not gonna, we're not going to get into a big study of them. I think, here's what I want to tell you. I do think these are very important to see. I think they're very important to understand. But here's what I'm on. This is just my opinion. You can take it for what it is. Honestly, this is my opinion. I don't believe that the spiritual gifts that were given in the New Testament were meant to be exhaustive at all. I, I think they were meant to be representative of saying, here's what the Holy Spirit can do. Here are the gifts that can be a part of you. I don't think that they were meant to be a list that you look at and pick from. I really don't. And I think some of us actually get in trouble with that uh, when we do that because I say this because here's what can end up happening. We could get, actually, we could end up in a danger of focusing on the list rather than focusing on following Jesus. And we focus on what we want to do and, and how we want to go and instead of just following Jesus and then, listen to me, letting the gifts naturally come about and letting Jesus really show us and the Holy Spirit important to us and however he wants to do it, okay? Uh, does that make sense? I'm, and now listen to me. I want you to hear me real straight. I'm not against doing assessments. I'm really not, I think they're great. I've done them before. I think they're very helpful. Uh, so I'm not poo-pooing those at all. But I do think we just got to be careful because we could fall into the trap of being about the list and rather just allowing God to work in our lives and letting the gifts just naturally come to us as a result of just following Jesus, following love with him, okay? So there we go. Those are just the, a brief overview of the list. Now, that's kind of the overview of the, of the spiritual gifts. Now, what do we do with this? What do we do with this? I want to spend the rest of our time uh, just talking through uh, just three things that I think we can do with the power of the Holy Spirit in us, with his role in, in really leading us through these gifts that he has. And so here are three things that we could do. I hope you write these down. Here's the first thing then as a conclusion of this. The first thing I can do is that I can just find my gift, 
Man, I hope you know by now with just at least what I was saying, like finding your gift isn't just about, it's, man, it's about way more than you think. So I want you to just be challenged in finding your gift if you don't know what it is. And here's what we need to know. And, I, and I, I'm gonna tell you this from experience, just as you think through this. Maybe you think you found your gift, maybe you know what it is. Others have told you what it is and you have no idea what it is. I wanna tell you this, a lot of times, uh, spiritual gifts are not always gonna be what you're naturally good at. They're not, like, sometimes they are, uh, but they, they're not always what you're just naturally good at. It's, it's not even, actually, some of the spiritual gifts aren't even in your skill set. Like, this is not my skill set. This is not what I'm naturally good at. I was an engineer before, and I loved being in a cubicle with nobody bothering me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was great. Uh, but this, so what I'm saying is, a lot of times they are what you're naturally good at. But one reason why this is true, listen to me, is because your spiritual gift comes supernaturally. Not natural. It, it comes after you become a believer in Jesus. Okay, look at what Romans 12, what Paul says in Romans 12 about this. He says, listen, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. So how do we find the gifts? Based on our natural ability? No, he says according to the grace given to each of us. So it's about God and how he gives them. So, so that's how they come, okay? And that's what he's saying. So how he wants to fulfill it. So how do I find it? How do I find my gift? I, I think you find it in a couple ways, but here's where, how I'm just saying, you're probably not gonna find it on your own. All right, you're, you're, it's just it's gonna be really hard to find your spiritual gift on your own ability. So a couple ways. One of the best ways to find your spiritual gift is through jumping into serving here at River Ridge Church or serving God somewhere else in a ministry. This is just the easiest way since you're already here. That's one of the best ways to do it because when you start faithfully serving God, you're gonna put yourselves in position not only to be spoken to by other people who are serving along your side, uh, but you, it'll bring up your gifts naturally as you start serving the Lord, especially here at church and, and even outside of there. Uh, and so it just, it, the more you get, here's what I wanna tell you, the more you get moved even in that area of serving God, serving him in your life, the more God is, can maneuver you to understand the gifts. That's one. Here's another way, best way, I think the best way you can find it, uh, two best, two favorites, uh, jumping into serving. Here's the other one is through uh, authentic community. Authentic community. Listen, like when you are around people in a circle once a week, getting into the word, like reading the Bible, praying over each other, here's what you're gonna find. You're gonna find that not only, that, A, you're gonna find that it's gonna help you in a ton of spiritual areas in your life if you just do that, if you just get in a circle of people. But they're also gonna help you, they're gonna help you find the gifts that you have. Or by the way, listen, this is what's really important, or the gifts that you're already using and you didn't even know it and you just needed people to affirm that in your life. That actually happened this past week in my home group. There were like a couple of people that found out they're like, wow, we kind of jumped a week and started talking about spiritual gifts. We couldn't help. We couldn't wait. But like, we found out a few people were like, wow, I'm already like actually using a, a, a gift or two in my life. And I didn't even know it. And it was through other people affirming in our home group. It was really, really cool to go through that in our discussion. Uh, so that's how we find them. We had two good ways to find them. Uh, one, thing about, one thing about this that I want, before we get to the next one, um, here's what I just want to caution you in. This is very important because sometimes we get there. See, about the spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts are, are not about what we want, they're about what we've been given. You hear me? Like, that's where we get stuck a lot of times. They're not about what you want. They're about what you've been in. It's in you right now. It's not about, like, I want this one. And I think that's what the church in Corinth was struggling through. So, so we have to discover our gifts. Here's the second one. I got to keep moving. I need to develop my gifts. I can develop my gifts. All right? 
Now, again, this is just my opinion. I don't know if you're going to see this in the, I always want to tell you it's in my opinion. You can't find the word. So you take this for what, for, for what it's worth. I don't believe that there is only one gift for a person for their entire lives, or maybe the two gifts that you find out early on in your Christian life, that those are the only ones you got, and that's it, and it won't change or grow. I believe, and it's happened in my life, that as you grow, as you mature in Jesus, as the seasons change in your life, I think your spiritual gifts can change as well. And so what's really, really important is that you just got to have more and more awareness in your life as, as your seasons change and as the gifts might possibly change in your life. Just be constant awareness, constant development of what God gave you. I love what Paul says to his friend Timothy, who was leading a church about this. Here's what he said to his friend Timothy. He said, listen, I remind you, fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you. That's what he wants to say to us too. There's a gift in you right now. And there's a fire of the Holy Spirit in you, right? There's a fire in your beard, just flickering in some, burning in others. And I want you to fan that flame. I want you, he has made a, listen, he has made a good deposit in you with a gift that is supernatural, that is there for not your benefit, for the benefit of people coming to know him and being encouraged in him. And I just want to fan that in. There is an action on my part to actually get this spiritual gift to be fully realized and moving in my life. So the truth is, God gives it to you. God gives it to you. You don't have anything to do with that. But here's the thing. I have a responsibility to fight for that gift in my life. And there are, there are things that I can just look at and say, am I really fighting for it? Am I in a community who's affirming it? Am I, am I working? Am I serving to actually keep developing this in my life? So we got to develop the gift. Why? And here's a third reason why. So that I can deploy my gifts. I can deploy my gifts. I hope you see, I hope you see the effect of what happens in the life of a believer when they not just realize the gift, but they actually see it being used in their life. And some of you actually are seeing that. And I'm telling you, there's nothing more attractive. There's nothing more maturing. There's nothing more greater than, than understanding and seeing these gifts working out in the life of a follower of Jesus because it's about a way bigger picture than you think. It's not even about you at all. And, and that this gift, here's the thing, I hope you come to realize that this gift can absolutely change the trajectory of someone else's life for Jesus Christ. That's, just think about that. That there is something in you that, that God can use to cause to change the trajectory of someone's life. Someone maybe in your life, someone in your family's life, someone you have never met ever, that you might not even know until this, when you get to heaven, you'll be like, I didn't even know that I affected you that way. It's awesome to think about. I don't know about you, it's just awesome to think about. And here's the deal, would you agree, would you agree that I think we're the most entertained that we've ever been in this world. We are the most entertained society and culture that we've ever been in. And, and I'm telling you, there's more to do, more to read, more to have access to, more to get involved in. But here's the thing, I'm gonna challenge you. Isn't there still in you this longing to be a part of something bigger than you? Even with all the stuff that we have access to, all the things that we're doing, I think there's still this longing to be a part. That's why, you know, you, we're going through March Madness right now, and I'm telling you, that's why we get so behind sports, and, and Hollywood cashes in on that idea, man. Like, he's just like, man, there's a better team to be a part of. I want to be a part of that thing, man. Be a part of that story. Epic battle, overcoming adversity. And here's the thing, that, 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 that's in you for a reason. God put that in you. Like he put that in you to be a part of something greater. I think the tension for so many Christians is that we are drawn to this and, and instead of actually getting in the game, we just stand back and watch and we wish. That's not how God made you. That's not what he put in you. 
He put something in you to get in the flow of what he wants to do and be a part of his story and his mission for other people. And I'm gonna tell you, I want this to stick in your brain, man. What, what you can do through the power of the Holy Spirit is change somebody's trajectory for the rest of their life. I just want you to think about that today. It's amazing to think about. The tension that all of us have to fight is being comfortable. It's being comfortable and sitting and consuming. It's the world we live in. But Jesus did not come for the church to sit here and be a service provider so we can sit and consume. Amen, everybody? That's not why we're here. I know we're sitting. I'm not mad at you sitting right now, but I'm just saying, like, we're not meant to sit here and consume. We're meant to go out, man, and be used by God with everything we got, all the energies we have, no reservations about it, because we're convinced about the truth. We're convinced about who Jesus is. We know he can change the world, and we want to be a part of that. Amen, everybody? We want to be a part of the world changing. He's like, good, I put something in you to do that. And so I want to say, I want to encourage you, I want to fan the flame in you to be a part of that change for somebody else. We can't be okay sitting and consuming, can we? We can't. It's boring. It's lame. I don't want to do that, man. I want to do something better. And we can't be the church completely without you. Like, that's the truth, okay? I just want to fan the flame, man. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Our strength and our potential for ministry comes from the sum of people who say yes, not just a few, but from the sum of people who say yes and use the gifts that he's entrusted to all of us as a whole. And among us right now, I just love thinking about this. Among us right now, here as we sit, there are gifts of, of healing and mercy and truth and praying, and helps, and teaching, and, and just real gifts of administration, and, and generosity, and I go on and on. Like, they're all over in this room. I can feel them as I talk about them. And there are people here, you are, I want to look at you, you're using your gifts. You're using your gifts in here, and in more especially out there. You know, most of the miracles that happen in the book of Acts, they happen outside of the church with people using their gifts, man. You're using those. I want to spur you on. I want you to know that encourages me as I see you using the gifts, not just in here, but also out there. I hear your stories about what happened at work and what happened there at that store and what's going on in your life and this group that you're a part of. It's amazing, and I'm so grateful for God for you. It, it spurs me on more than you could ever imagine. And maybe some of you are here, and, and, and you know what that is, but you just... It's almost like you've been kind of sleeping a little bit in it. Like you know the gifts that have been used in your life. You've been there and you know what it's like, but it just hasn't been that way in a long time. Maybe circumstances got in the way. Maybe life got in the way. Maybe a relationship or sin has gotten in the way. Maybe well, I don't know what it is. Something pulled you away from it. And I'm here to tell you, the flame's still there. Like don't believe the flame went out. I want to fan it in you, man. You are here to do something big for God. And I'm not gonna sit idly by and let you just sit there and say, oh man, the flame's in you. I, want to, I just wanna fan it in your life. I want you to see that they get on board and the flow of what God wants to do. That's where life is. That's where we can flourish with Jesus in our lives and so that we could be a part of this amazing chapter that God wants us to be in while we're here on this earth for a little while, that we can just go out and show the world who Jesus really is, amen? That's what I wanna be a part of. And that's what I want you to do as well, man. He's ready for you to be used, man. He's ready for you to be used. You were made for more than just sitting and consuming. I'm telling you, he has a good deposit in you and he's ready for you to be used. It's not too late to get back in the game. So I don't want any of us to be uninformed about the gifts that are deposited in you. And, and I want us to see and fan the flame of the Holy Spirit to empower us and lead this church in here and also outside of these walls to see who Jesus really is for them. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you love us so much 
that through your gospel that you love us even though we, we shouldn't be loved, that you have mercy and grace for us even though we don't deserve it. You gave us your son Jesus to die for us. We have nothing to bring to the table but you showed us grace and forgiveness through the death and, and resurrection of your son Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I pray right now for you to fan the flame in those of us who are believers in Jesus, who are following Jesus. I pray that every believer here that they get close to you, Holy Spirit, that they want a fellowship with you. They don't want to just know about you. I just pray over every brother and sister here in Jesus Christ that they want to have a closeness to you so that they can hear the voice that calls from you to be empowered by you and so that they don't conform to the world, that they be transformed by the renewing of their minds and be faithful sons and daughters. You help them see the gifts that you've deposited in them, that it's a good deposit and I pray that they can see the work to be done because of that. We love you and we pray for your help and we thank you so much for Jesus until we see each other again.